Hello and welcome to The Richard Pyatt Show, a program about rides, people, and smart talk. Now here's Richard Pyatt. Welcome to another edition of the program. Thanks for being here today. It's brought to you by Instacart. Click the special link for Richard Pyatt Show listeners. You'll only find that link at richardpyattshow.com. And then find out all about Instacart. It's really easy, too. You can shop from all your local and national retailers, browse the aisles online, and have your groceries delivered in as fast as two hours. Household essentials, office supplies, alcohol, even all of that, too. And brought safely to your doorstep with contactless delivery. Check it out. Click the Instacart link at richardpyattshow.com. So if you're around my age, late 40s and holding, uh, this is probably how it went when you were growing up. Uh, You came home from school, or if it was summer, you were already home from school, and your mom or your grandmother had the following programs on. The Young and the Restless, Search for Tomorrow. Remember that? Uh, Replaced by The Bold and the Beautiful, As the World Turns, and Guiding Light. So you had Victor and Nikki and you had uh, Eric and Stephanie, you had Bob and Kim, and you had Josh and Reba. And for years, every single day, these people came into our living rooms, and we felt like uh, we knew them. And if they weren't there, uh, you know, uh, we felt uh, something was missing in our daily routines. And so Guiding Light left the air in 2009, and because Uh, Robert Newman and Kim Zimmer have not been in our living rooms every single afternoon since. We look forward to these occasions where we get to catch up with them, and this is one of them. Thank you so much, Robert (laughs) Newman and Kim Zimmer, for this. Thank you. What a nice intro. Thank you for having us. Well, uh, it's nice to see you. By the way, um, this episode is executive produced by Robert Newman, and here's why. Because I said... Uh, hey, Robert, would you like to do this? And he said, sure. And I said, should we have Kim? And he said, sure. And I said, can you call her? <laughs> Robert has to act as my agent quite often. <laughs> With no 10%, by the way. No, yeah, exactly. Just my love and affection. Right. Yeah, it's about the An same occasional here. martini. I mean, the occasional martini. <laughs> right. So, you know, uh, the, the very last scene of Guiding Light is the two of you riding off into the sunset. I think that's li- it was literally into the sunset in an old truck. And this is, uh, we were led to believe uh, Josh and Reva went off and lived happily ever after. I have a feeling that for a lot of us who watched for a number of years, we felt sad. We felt that was the end of it. What was it like for the two of you? Was it was it sad or were you saying, damn, I don't have to memorize any lines tomorrow? How did it feel? Well, um, just first of all, we didn't, that was not our last day of shooting. So it, that particular scene kind of had a different feeling, at least for me, than, you know, the la- actual last day of shooting. I think our last scene together was something outside of Cross Creek. I seem to remember that on location in, in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that was a very emotional day all the way around. Uh, Grant Alexander was walking around with tequila shots, uh, for, so every time someone finished a scene, uh, the stage manager would announce that person's, this was this person's last scene and how long they'd been on the show and Grant would hand them a shot of tequila, you know, and then we had a gathering afterwards that was, you know, really lovely. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, 
saying a lot of goodbyes to uh, a lot of people that uh, we care about a lot. Kim, what do you think? I, what he said. What he said. <laughs> yeah. I think the last, the actual last scene we filmed, I believe, was was in the 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 past. Yeah, it was the. Remember when we did the flash forward? Right, right. Um, we were saying goodbye. I'll see you in a year at the lighthouse. If you All if right. you decide if you decide to to join me, I'll be at the lighthouse at, at noon on such, such and such a day. Right. So that was, right. that was our, our separating. Um, you were going away and, and, um, with the promise that, you know, perhaps I would meet you at the lighthouse mm-hmm. with, with Jeffrey's son. <laughs> <laughs> with that kid. What's a kid doing here? Why are we getting yeah. a kid? <laughs> um, Having said all that, though, the day of shooting at the lighthouse was really pretty lovely. Um, both of us wanted to buy that truck, but apparently it wasn't for sale. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was a really pretty day. It was a gorgeous location. You know, it was it was a it was a really lovely uh, way to shoot what we knew was going to be the last scene for, uh, mm-hmm. for the two of the, the, those two characters. So how do you look on it now? Do you say, yep, uh, it was time. It's OK. Or do you kind of miss it a little bit? Oh well, of course uh, you miss the um, the family. I mean, it was yeah. it really. I mean, I always kid around and say I spent more time with my guiding light family than my real family. True. At, at some point, at some point in my career, I mean, there we were working five days a week. You know, three hundred forty-five days out of the year. I mean, it was, it was constant. So we got to know each other really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I thought it was time for the show to end because they just kept taking things away from, from the show production value wise. And, and it just, it was really hard to be for me personally, to be a part of watching the demise of of what uh, the institution that it was right i I would agree with that to you know to a certain extent that you know the as the budget kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking it it was like you know how much further down this rabbit hole can we go you know it it, the the quality of it was just sort of Mm -hmm. deteriorating You, you could just feel it you know, and it was just time. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm not sure how long I would have wanted to continue with it being the way that it was being shot. You know, if, uh, I don't remember where I was in my contract, but if my contract were coming up in that format, I'm not sure I would have continued with it. It, it was uh, the whole thing that PPAC was also difficult for me because it was a hundred miles from my house. <laughs> yeah. so, oh my. And it was like, even in the winter, I mean, I had... You know, I'd, I'd get up at 5 a.m. in a rear wheel drive BMW and <laughs> drive a hundred freaking miles through like a snowstorm to get to PPAC because they didn't really cancel many days because of weather. And and often then I would go from PPAC into New York, which was about, what, 40 miles or so, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there back up to my house, which was an hour and some change to get mm-hmm. back up to my house, you know. On a and, good day, probably. And uh, it was just, uh, it just was exhausting to me, you know, to shoot that way. And um, I I never, I try not to get too cavalier about like, yeah, I think I'm going to leave the show because there is a family to support. Right. (laughs) But 
but you know, I, I feel like I feel like it was time. I agree with him that it was just a, it was probably just time for that to let go of that show. Sounds like radio, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh, truly. Both of you, though, you're known for this this super couple uh, pair of roles, but you've both had experience in um, other soaps. You you uh, you've certainly had experience on stage uh, before and after. Uh, here in Southwest Michigan, we love seeing you at, at the Barn Theater, um, and uh, and so it it was certainly not uh, the end of everything. There was there were other things to to do. Yeah, Robert and I got to do a lot of wonderful uh, plays together, which mm-hmm. was which was such a a, a treat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we had that. I just, I basically, after, after Guiding Light went off the air, I, I basically, I would take a, I would take a theatrical job, um, for my health, health, um, benefits. Sure. I would say, you don't have to pay me, just make sure you pay into my, my health benefits. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I really care about are getting my weeks so I don't have to pay for health care. Funny how that works, right? The the priorities shift a little. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Before we went on the air, Kim, I was telling Richard that um, I had uh, I had theater work lined up back to back to back, right? Starting, I think, mid February down in North Carolina, right? Two different, same show, two different theaters there for eight weeks. I had another six weeks in Perfect Crime off Broadway, and then I had whatever was going to happen at the barn after that for probably six weeks. So you were covered for your I was like, insurance. yeah, this was going to be yeah. the most covered I'd been in a long time. You know, yeah. for, you get it the six months for 11 weeks of work and, and a year for 19 weeks of work, which I would have gotten to. And then it all yeah. just went away. It's just gone, gone, gone. And, I uh, got lucky because I turned 65. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all timing, I guess, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what was your, um, your big break, both of you, uh, when you had uh, so many people in this business, um, you know, they, this is their, their soul. This is what they're driven to do. But, uh, you know, there are varying amounts of time before you get to what is considered the big break. What was it for both of you? Big break. I was doing a production of Godspell in Chicago and my, um, my agent in Chicago had brought a casting director in from New York to, to see Chicago. And then I had, I had done a casting session in New York city. Oh God. But we're going back to like 1977, I believe. And, um, that casting director, uh, cast me in a three day role on guiding light way back in 1977, I played a receptionist at Roger Thorpe's office. Wow. Um, yeah, that wasn't my big break, but it, <laughs> it certainly was in my mother's eyes because she was a huge Guiding Light fan. Yeah. So, um, so then I went back to Chicago um, and finished out, you know, I actually I got, ca- then that same casting director cast me on, one life to live, I believe. I, I don't know how it happened exactly, but I would get, I would say that one life to live um, was my first big break, and then that turned into uh, the four years on the doctors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then um, 
the I, we went out to California. I was going to try my hand at nighttime television, and I was sent the the uh, character breakdown for Reva Shane because I had said I wasn't going to do another soap. Um, but I just couldn't. I couldn't say no to. They flew me back to New York to test for Reva Shane, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Robert? Yeah, mine is a story I tell a lot, and it involves the barn theater because. You know, I just graduated from uh, Cal State Northridge with my degree in theater, and I went out to uh, the Barn Theater for one season as an apprentice to get my equity card, um, which I got under studying Tom Wolpat and Carousel. And then um, I went straight from uh, Michigan on the advice of my agent, who, you know, I was in L.A. I lived in L.A. I was born and raised there. But he wanted me to get out to New York for a few days to meet the people in the New York office. and. Uh, and a, a couple of them sent me out on uh, some auditions. The first one was actually, uh, I was given an under five role on uh, All My Children. Hmm. And then the next day, and that was like a week away or something like that. And then the next day, um, they sent me in for Guiding Light. And, you know, keeping in mind, I've never, I had never watched a soap opera before, and except uh, Dark Shadows, which of course is a whole other thing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, uh, I'm Betty Ray, and uh, you know I read for Betty Ray, one of our greatest casting directors in the history of the show, and uh, and uh, she ran me down the hall to meet Doug Marlin, the head writer, and they gave me an eight-page scene and said, "Can you do this tomorrow?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, whatever." <laughs> and I was, and I went the next day, and it was me and six other guys, including Scott Bryce, who um, uh, they ended up casting as Craig Montgomery out of. For world turns out of that audition oh. uh and uh, they called me a couple days later and offered the role and i remember when my agent told me how much they were paying me i said i said uh i said a week and he said no robert a day <laughs> it was six hundred dollars i'm gonna i'll tell you say that out loud he said i said six hundred a week and he said no robert six hundred dollars an episode every every episode you shoot and i was like oh wow that's and they gave me a stipend to move to new york and uh and the rest as they say is history there you go <laughs> i made i made four hundred dollars a day on on my first soap on the doctors and that was like you know yeah. I was rich because I'm, you know, we're, you're talking 1978, you know. Well, then, then though, you go to get your apartment in New York City and you find out <laughs> that six hundred dollars a day isn't that really that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my apart, my first apartment, I think was something like six hundred dollars a month or something. Yeah, mine was four fifty. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> well, maybe now because, you know, New York's kind of dead right now. So they said, if you want to buy an apartment in Manhattan, do it now. This is yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and recently, uh, as Robert and I were also talking about, the, the whole plan for the year has just stopped. Uh, have you, uh, has this affected your outlook at all about what happens when we get back to quote unquote normal? Are you kind of liking the, <laughs> this uh, schedule or, uh, or not? Well, personally, I was, I, like I said, I was basically retired. I've got grandbabies being popped out left mm -hmm. and right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little busy. <laughs> I'm a busy grandma and I, and I'm really loving that. So well, congratulations. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not in any, thank you. I'm not in any real hurry to, you know, I've collected all my pensions. I'm, I really am basically retired. So. 
That's great. Uh, a yeah, lot of I, I actors just, uh, don't necessarily say that, do they? <laughs> right. I'm, uh, I mean, if somebody called me up and offered me a role on something, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. But you know, I'm available. Okay. <laughs> That's what we want to I'm hear. In the, I'm in the midst of my first experience right now. I'm shooting on Thursday a couple of scenes on a as yet unnamed new Netflix series. Just a oh, couple of cool. scenes in that episode, yeah. Excellent. And that's all I'm allowed to say about it. it but, um, you know, uh, they tested me. They had me go get a COVID test on Friday. And then on Monday, assuming that I tested negative, which I did, I was able to go in yesterday for a wardrobe fitting down into Brooklyn. And, um, uh, man, the protocol all around was mm-hmm. just, you know, they're really serious about this protocol thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now they've sent me, I was right before I signed on with you guys, I was spending uh, almost two hours going through all the material they make you go through prior to going into shoot. And that included, uh, about an, about a 90 minute or so 80 or 90 minute tutorial where as each step went through, you had to answer a series of questions about what they just talked about. And then, it, you know, if you had to get a minimum of 80% on the overall, and it was just, it's, it, they're very, very serious about it all. So um, I'm really curious to go in and see how we're shooting on location. So we won't be actually in a studio situation, but uh, I'm very curious to see how it works out. I'm a little concerned here and there, yeah. but you know, they're really, they're testing people frequently and um we'll just see how it goes you know well jake jake went back to work on his show my I son jake is, have, on a, yeah. is on a show but it's yeah. john wells and it's you know he does shameless as well so yeah. those two shows are back to work on the warner brothers lot out in la and it's the same thing they get they get tested three times a week mm-hmm. two rapid and one just three day uh-huh. and they've got tents right there on the, on the lot that they yeah. just, so they don't have to go anywhere there, you know, so it's, it's a mini bubble. Let's put it that way. They're not sequestered anywhere, but, um, yeah. and they get temperature checked and right. the whole right. thing before, and their masks are on until five, four, three, two, one. I had to download an app onto my phone that I have to, you know, uh, fill out a series of questions every day. And, uh, if if any of them are not the right answer, then I don't go oh, in. I guess, geez. yeah. Oh wow! And uh, and if I had tested there. positive, I would have lost the role. Theater yeah. wise, I I just really don't know what to. I don't I don't I don't foresee real theater happening until next year, sometime probably mm-hmm. even the middle of next year. I I've don't seen, see it happening until there's a vaccine. Well, oh, I've yeah. seen a few productions that they've you know Equity approved a couple of productions. Uh, one was uh, Godspell. Him. And um, they created the show with uh, plexiglass barriers between mm-hmm. uh, the chorus and and the principals, and they blocked the whole show with with s- social distancing for everybody in the show. The audience, uh, it's like every other row, uh, three seats vacant between each. You know, like a family could sit together in the same household, but otherwise, you know. And, and wearing masks, taking temperatures on the way. You know, I, to me, that's, I don't know that I even want to walk into that world. Yeah. I, I just, and then I think really about the um, rehearsals. I mean, you know, Kim, you and I have been in a, dozens of rehearsal rooms where you've got, you know, not yeah. just cast, but you got, you got 
20, 30 people in, yeah. in a room that's too small already, you know, I don't know how you protect against any of that. So, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in that, uh, <laughs> that at risk group. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it's quite an insight to hear about all of that. And, and the hope of course is that, um, uh, all of this changes relatively soon, and uh, and you get back to to work and and back to West Michigan. We want to see you again. <laughs> no, I, we really. I I missed being down there this summer. So yeah, me too. Yeah, I uh, had a great time seeing you as a Weezer in, uh, in Still My Melody. <laughs> that was so much Fantastic. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, a lot of fun. Those what are what a great group of ladies. We had such a great group of ladies. Yeah. Are those your favorite roles? Yeah. Yeah. Because when they, when they said they were going, you know, they asked me what shows I might be interested in doing and, and I've always wanted to do steel magnolias, but everybody always assumes that I, that I'd insist on playing um, the role Penelope played. I can't think of the, the character mother. name, Malin, yeah. uh, the mother. And I was like, no, only if I can play Weezer. And Brendan was like, what? You'd want to play that role? It's like, absolutely. I won't do it unless I can be Weezer. So that's how that happened. Robert, what's okay. your favorite kind of role? Well, my favorite roles that I played, Sweeney was one last year. Yeah. Edna is, I would love to play Edna again. That's just hysterical to me. La Mancha is probably one of, you know, like the closest to my heart. Yep. I just did my third uh, Daddy Warbucks and Annie and, and and I just love playing that role. It's it's just a really fun role to play, and it's usually a fun cast. And um, but but the other work that Kim and I did in um, both Lion and Winter and Virginia Woolf, uh, we did Virginia Woolf together at a small theater in Nantucket, and Lion and Winter there at the barn. And that kind of work, I just adore. I just love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just loved re- rehearsing through and creating a character with a, with another with other actors who are so good at what they do and directors who are good at what they do it you know it's i just love watching the whole thing come together and you get on a beautiful set and some gorgeous lighting and i just love all that yeah. work in the theater i just do well it it was great to to see you do it and so we hope this uh all this baloney is over so <laughs> we can <laughs> yes, get yes. back at it <laughs> yeah we look forward to seeing you again thank you so much for this i know there are folks out there who uh miss seeing you every single day as i said and uh <laughs> And so they look forward to uh, checking in with you, and we're glad to have had the opportunity. Well, thanks, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having us. Speedy labor to Caroline. Thank you. Yes, I'm about to become a grandfather. Congratulations. (laughs) Leo Robert Newman is going to be born in about three weeks. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you, Kim. Congrats to you both. Thanks so much. Thanks, Richard. Take good care, Richard. Thanks for listening to The Richard Pyatt Show. Click the subscribe button to stay in touch. Visit richardpyattshow.com and on Facebook. Search Richard Pyatt Show. Thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Instacart. Make grocery shopping easy with same-day delivery. Click the special link exclusively for Richard Pyatt Show listeners at richardpyattshow.com. 